Hi, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Day Is Done, the Friendly Pines Camp podcast. My name's Adam, and I'm excited you found us here. Coming up, Megan, our camp director, is going to run the show. This audio is taken directly from our YouTube live virtual roundup on January 31st, 2022. So, please note, if you have already seen that, you won't be hearing anything new here. Enjoy! roundup for summer 2022. We're so excited that you are joining us tonight. My name is Megan May. I am the camp director here at Friendly Pines. I also have someone with me. Hey, how's it going? I'm Adam and I'm the program director here at Friendly Pines Camp. So, like I said, really appreciate you joining us today. Hopefully you'll get a lot of information. Hopefully you get all of your answers or all of your questions answered. Um, any questions that you might have, we are here to answer them. So, Kind of just a layout of how the evening is going to go. Um, we are going to start off with just some news updates, that kind of thing. Um, throughout the night, we're also going to be doing a, uh, a couple like prize drawings. So we have some FBC merch that we're going to be kind of raffling off. So hopefully you all RSVP'd for the event because um, that's how we got your name and information to put you in the raffle. Um, so kind of breaking up the night, we'll be doing some drawings as well. So um, and then we will have a kind of brief burning questions in for, um, presentation. So basically just a lot of FAQs. So this is about COVID. The COVID is still gonna be probably a reality of summer, hopefully uh, less than it was last year. But in one week from today, so next Monday, we are gonna be meeting with our medical staff um, from like the entire summer. And we're gonna be re revisiting our policies from the past summer and kind of seeing what worked, what didn't work, and what we're going to implement or not implement going into summer 2022. So basically we're gonna meet next week and then by February 15th, we're gonna send out the updated COVID policy plan to all of our camper families, which will give everybody two full weeks to fully read, digest, ask any questions that they have about the updated mitigation plan um, going into um, summer. So that gives them two full weeks before the March 1st cancellation deadline. Um, we're trying to make it as close to summer as we possibly can with kind of deciding on our COVID policies. And because we haven't had a chance yet to meet as a medical staff, I don't want to, I guess, put any policies out there um, and then maybe have something different come out. So this is a good time for us to plug the tuition insurance though, because um, regardless of whatever policies we come up with, the tuition insurance that we um, uh, have or have information on is really, really good. Um, definitely something you should look into, invest uh, or protect your investment in your campers um, session. So there should be a link in the bio of this video uh, where you can read all about the tuition insurance. It's through a third party entity. We don't make any money off of it. It's just we're providing the information and it's there if you'd like to sign up for the tuition insurance. So like I mentioned, we're gonna have a burning questions presentation. Um, basically just an FAQ, lot of common questions that seem to come up when, um, when parents do have questions. So, um, you know, they kind of, fall into you know a few major categories you know what do we need to pack you know what about your counselors tell me about your counselors you know what kind of medical stuff my kid takes medications that kind of thing what about food my my son is gluten-free my daughter is a vegetarian or a vegan you know those kinds of questions 
What about adjusting to camp, homesickness, coming to camp with friends, um, picking activities, what kinds of activities are there? And then just general parent questions, you know, like how do I check on how my camper is doing? So first kind of what to bring. Um, we definitely, um, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be brought to camp. Um, what in the coming months you will receive a packing list, a very detailed, very comprehensive packing list with all sorts of uh, you know, quantity amounts, suggested quantity amounts on what you should bring to camp. We have a whole packing guide actually um, that will really assist you in um, packing for your camper. So, you know, some things to keep in mind is, you know, what about sleeping bags or sheets or, you know, what, are, what, what should my camper bring for bedding? So um, other than Adventure Week, uh, Adventure Trails is a little different, but other than Adventure Week, all of our sessions go out um, on an overnight, so like an overnight camp out. So the sleeping bag will be important, but you can definitely bring uh, sheets and a blanket and, you know, uh, for inside the cabin. But sleeping bag will be important. Um, labeling clothes and belongings will be also really important. Um, the, our two-week campers are able to send their uh, laundry out to get cleaned halfway through the session. So that'll be really important to make sure everything's labeled. And even our one weeker campers, you know, things get lost all the time. So making sure everything's labeled and marked very clearly will be really, really important as well. Um, depending on what time in the summer you come, that'll kind of determine if we're in our monsoon season. So kind of after 4th of July. So anyone coming session two, session three, explore sessions, trail seeker sessions, you'll definitely want to bring rain jackets, even even earlier in the summer, but definitely later in the summer because that's when we get our, a lot of rain. Um, and, you know, a typical day, most of the time it's just nice and sunny and warm. You know, a typical day will be in the upper 80s, um, so nice and warm, but not too warm, not like Phoenix or Tucson or anything. Um, and then in the evening, you know, we can get down and you can even get down in the 50s sometimes, but usually in the 60s, 70s, it's very nice at night. So a light jacket, it will be necessary but um yeah it's the, the summer up summers up here are beautiful so um and then as far as like activity gear you know you're welcome to pack uh any activity gear that you'd like if you know your camper rides at home like they take riding lessons and they want to bring their own riding boots and their own helmet they're welcome to do that but basically everything that campers would need to do their activities we have here at camp so don't feel like you have to send activity gear um, definitely nothing like super expensive or very sentimental or anything like that. That kind of goes for anything, but, um, you don't have to send activity gear unless you would like to. Um, and yeah, so how do you know what to pack? Packing list on the next screen, there is an example kind of what the packing list will look like. This is what it looked like last year. Um, so yeah, so that's the packing list. Uh, Friendly Pines counselors. So where do our counselors come from? So most of our counselors do come from Arizona. We have actually a really high population of returning campers, like for former campers. So um, campers uh, or counselors that were campers here at Friendly Pines. So that's really cool. It kind of, it's definitely like a full circle moment for a lot of them. Um, it's really special. And this year we are planning and keeping our fingers crossed for having international staff. Um, if anybody was here in 2019, we are planning on having Mickey Thomas. She was from Australia. She did like fitness and sports and stuff. So she's coming back. Um, but then we also have a, a couple other, um, actually she's in the picture on the screen as well. That's so funny. Um, she's coming back, but we also have a couple other internationals um, kind of lined up. So it's not gonna be as many internationals as we normally have, uh, but we will. We do have a guy from South Africa. We have a girl from England and a guy from Mexico. So um, that's as, as of right now. So I'm still in the process of hiring counsel. 
counselors. But otherwise, everybody comes from Arizona and then across the country as well, um, out of state as well. But I would say at least half of our staff are from the kind of local Arizona area. Um, and you know, where do we, how do we, how do they find camp? A lot of it is word of mouth. A lot of it is just Google searching, um, you know, recreation departments and stuff like that, you know, putting the word out that way. Um, but thankfully a lot of it is through like referrals and everything like that. So we do a lot of, um, vetting, you know, there's the application process is pretty strenuous, you know, references, background checks, drug tests. There's a lot that goes into it. There's two interviews. They do a, a recorded one-way interview where it's just them recording and then it's a live interview. There's So there's many steps to make sure that we are getting the best counselors that we possibly can. So um, they all come very highly recommended. Everybody has to pack, pass a background check. Everybody has to pass a drug test. We do random drug tests also throughout the summer. And um, we have a very, the, the caliber of our staff is very, very high. So um, in our cabins, um, each cabin is going to have at least one counselor that lives in the cabin. Um, some will have two. Our older cabins, because they're bigger, just physically bigger, will tend to have two counselors. And then our younger cabins will have um, one counselor usually just because they're smaller. So there's less campers per counselor in those cabins. So that's usually how it is. But every single cabin has at least one counselor that sleeps in the cabin, is in charge of the cabin, is there all the time. So it's not like a, the kids stay in one building and then all the staff stay in another. It's like, no, there's a staff member, at least one in every single cabin. Um, and yeah, what do we look for in our staff? Just a, at, at the very least, a love of you know, working with children, being outdoors, people that align with our mission and our philosophy and kind of what we believe in and our traditions and everything like that. And then secondary is kind of like the activity um, background skills. So our cabin counselors also teach the activities. So, you know, being able to teach tennis or our li lifeguard or, you know, teach any sort of sports activities, that's, that's important. But just be making sure that they're a good fit and they are going to be good role models and responsible and professional counselors is like of utmost importance. So next is medical. So um, obviously big, big topic for sure. Um, when you, uh, in the coming months, uh, we'll be sending out information on kind of medical information for your campers. So uh, one thing will be the physical exam form and then another thing will be the health history form. So we get a question a lot of like, what's the difference between the two? So the physical exam form is gonna be something that you take to the doctor to Walgreens to get like a sports physical to a medical licensed medical professional and they will fill it out and just make sure that the camper is fit enough like well enough to come to camp and then the health history form is going to be an online form that you as the parent or guardian is going to fill out for them so that's going to have just general background information you know that that's where on this health history form that's where you're going to put if your camper has any dietary restrictions or has any special allergies or anything like that, anything medical that we need to know, um, any background information really, that's gonna be put on the health history. So health history done by you, parents, guardians. Physical exam form is done by your pediatrician, a nurse practitioner, that kind of thing. Um, 
within the physical and the health history, you know, if your camper takes any medications, that's where you'll be notifying us about that. And once you come to camp, you'll, um, once you drop your kids off at camp, you'll uh, drop off the medications to the medical staff for that session. And they will take them into the infirmary, lock them all up, and then administer, administer the meds um, kind of based on whatever is prescribed by the doctor. So um, if they take them in the morning, if they take them at the night, and they take them randomly throughout the day, um, as long as it's on the form, the, the medical staff are able to take care of that and administer that. So the campers don't keep the medications on them. The nurses, the medical staff, they keep it in the infirmary under lock and key and um, administer the meds, keep a log of everything. If you're ever curious about if you're, how your camper's doing, say maybe it's a new medication or they have to finish up antibiotics or something like that, um, you are able to call and we can patch you through to the medical staff, to the infirmary, and you can ask them and chat with them about any anything that might, if they've come into the infirmary for something other than medications, like if you're just wondering if maybe they've, you know, not been like they ha they sometimes get upset stomach stomach <laughs> upset stomach excuse me um and you're just checking to see how they're doing medically we can definitely patch you through to the medical staff so um anything small minor you know they needed a band-aid they had a headache so they took some ibuprofen or something like that uh, our medical staff obviously can't call every single person, um, every single parent of a camper that comes in for like minor stuff. But anytime that, you know, say the camper has to go into town, so say maybe there's a sp suspected broken arm or a severe allergic reaction or something like that. Basically anytime that they have to go into like urgent care or see a doctor um, or like heaven forbid the emergency room, then the medical staff would contact the parents and let them know. So kind of the bigger stuff is when we would notify parents about that. But if you ever want to check in, you're welcome to, and they can say, oh yeah, they came in and they just needed some ice for a scraped knee or something like that, then we can let you know. But they're not going to call you to let you know that they needed ice for their scraped knee. So um, all of our medical staff are licensed, um, licensed and practicing medical professionals. Um, usually they're going to be RNs, maybe some nurse practitioners. Uh, we do have a session that's going to have a physician, physician's assistant again this year, which is awesome. So, um, very qualified, um, a lot of returning medical staff. So people that have worked before and yeah, so, and then last thing, kind of COVID stuff, kind of already touched on that. Um, but we will have more information in the coming coming weeks. So um, this is an example of the camper physical form. So this is that form that you're going to be taking to someone. You're going to print it out and give it to your nurse, practitioner, pediatrician. Then the next one is um, the what you'll see when you log back into your account to fill out your camper health history. So um, you're going to be logging into that account that you use to register your camper. So You'll log back in, and then once it's ready and available, you'll be able to access the camper health history form. So just an example of that. What about our food? So uh, I know I am very biased when I say that our food is spectacular, but I do believe it is true. We are very highly complimented on our um, camp food. So it's not going to be, sometimes people think, oh, camp food, like, oh, it's like airplane food or it's not going to be very good. No, our our kitchen our kitchen team is fantastic. They work harder than anybody here at camp in getting out the hundreds of meals, um, hundreds of plates of meals at every single meal. So um, all of our meals are going to be hot meals. So breakfast can be something like 
eggs and bacon and hash browns or maybe pancakes and then lunch is going to be like tomato soup and grilled cheese and maybe like pizza spaghetti or something and (laughs) burgers that kind of thing dinner could be tacos or like a stir fry or beef stew or something like that so um delicious food very nutritious very balanced we do serve family styles so um we definitely have a lot of the campers have a lot of choice and a lot of autonomy and kind of what their meal looks like so um we've always kind of had the philosophy of like we're not going to make meals kind of like a a battleground or anything like that if you know the campers choose what they want to eat and if they want to have a piece of bread and you know some mac and cheese then that's what they're going to have and but they have to understand that we don't have kind of alternative stuff so if you know you're, you're say your camper is like oh you know my son does not eat tacos he hates tacos well he's gonna find something on the table that he can eat uh, but we won't have like peanut butter and jelly or like an alternate menu option it's like what's on the table that's what's for the meal um and understand that this is the meal and the next time you eat might be snack um we do a snack in the morning and then a snack in the afternoon or it might if it's dinner you're not gonna eat again until breakfast so um you know it's very rare that campers don't find something that they like to eat and we've never been told that oh you know we liked camp but we're not going to come back because my kid was always hungry or my kid couldn't find something that they didn't like or find something that they did like so um you know it's also a great opportunity for campers to like experiment and try new food you know sometimes they come to camp and like they would never have eaten a salad before coming to camp but then they sit at their table and they see all the other kids are eating salad and they're like hmm maybe i should try this salad thing out and just see what it's like so um yeah so a lot of choice delicious food um and really it's hard to kind of go hungry there's a lot of food and it's really really delicious so if anybody has any sort of special diets you know gluten-free dairy-free um vegetarian vegan no red meat um the list really there's like the list is so long nowadays there's there's tons tons of dietary needs and our um, kitchen manager Jason he has done a fantastic job in um, really sprucing up the alternative diet menu and um, there's like whatever we have for the day um, based on you know dietary needs and everything like that he provides an alternate thing for them. So say it's burgers, you know, if they're a vegetarian, we're going to have like black bean burgers or say if they're gluten-free, there'll be gluten-free buns. Um, they don't have, they can't have cheese then they don't have to put cheese on the burgers, that kind of a thing. So, um, like I mentioned before, any sort of dietary needs, special diets, food restrictions, all that'll be, um, included on the health history form. So as long as we have that, then we will know and we can plan for your camper if they have any special diets. Um, and so they just go up to the kitchen window and get their, their alternate diet um, thing, and then they can go back and have whatever else is on the table that they're allowed to have. So um, picky eaters kind of touched on that. This, you know, like I said, very hard for them not to find something that they won't eat. Um, they are moving all day, every day, so they're going to get hungry, and they're probably, maybe they would be normally a picky eater, but they're going to need that energy. So they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to find something on the table that they will eat. So, and then snacks. So morning snack is usually going to be something like trail mix or goldfish or popcorn, that kind of thing. Um, and then in the afternoon, it's going to be some kind of like fruit, like grapes or cherries or cantaloupe. Um, or if it's like a really hot day, maybe we'll do popsicles or something like that. So plenty of food, 
very delicious and lots of variety. So we do have an example of a menu. Um, you can see there's a lot of stuff on it. Um, but yeah, it's very, lots of variety, really delicious. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of the food. Um, what about adjusting to camp? You know, um, there's going to be a lot of first time campers and then there's going to be a lot of returning campers that also need, um, time to adjust and everything. So we get the question, you know, um, I really want to send my kid to camp, but they don't really have any, they won't know anybody. They don't have any friends from school that are going or their friend that wanted to go can't go anymore. How is that going to work? And we actually kind of recommend having campers come to camp alone. Um, we hear from, you know, longtime campers uh, all the time how they have their camp friends and they have their school friends and they kind of, they kind of like don't mind that they don't mix. So, um, but that's to say, if you have someone coming, if you have, if your camper's coming with a friend and they're gonna bunk together, you put down on the cabin request form um, that you'd like them to bunk together, that's totally cool too. Um, you know, there's, we try and strategically organize the cabin so that it's not like, you know, five kids that all know each other and one kid that doesn't know anybody else in the group. So we truly try and mix it up so that you know, everybody gets a chance to be friends with everybody. Um, bullying, uh, thankfully, for the most part, we really don't usually have that much of an issue. One of the many paperwork things coming to you soon will be our hero contract, our anti-bullying contract that the campers will need to sign and um, just make sure that they understand that we have a zero tolerance policy for bullying. Um, Everybody is allowed to be themselves here at camp and shouldn't feel uncomfortable or ever ostracized or left out or anything like that. And so we work with our counselors a lot during their training week about looking for signs of bullying and exclusion and stuff like that and how to include everybody in the cabin. So um, it's really important that campers come to camp knowing that not only do they get to be friends with anybody, but they need to be respectful and should be friends with everybody. So, um, but you know, we kind of, to any issues, we kind of work with the counselors on resolving. The counselors are usually pretty good at resolving it within the cabin, but if they need help, they can come to myself or Adam and we can kind of step in if we need to, but that's very rare that we need to do that. Missing home, another potential issue. Um, you know, everybody coming to camp needs an adjustment period, whether that's five seconds, they haven't, you haven't even gotten out of the car and they're ready to go. Five minutes, five hours, five days. Sometimes kids, some people need a little bit longer than others, but everybody adjusts. Um, everybody eventually gets into the flow of things, figures it out, understands how camp works, and they really get into, get into things. So um, kind of prefacing before the campers come to camp and letting them know like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. You're going to be so brave. Um, you're going to stick this out, you know, really kind of hyping them up before camp and doing a little bit less of the, if you're ever homesick, just tell them that I'll come and pick you up. That usually is a lot more detrimental to their, their experience than if you just kind of tell them to right up front, try to stick it out kind of a thing. So um, our counselors for the first three days and then every other day after that will have, will submit like a morning report on each of their campers, which is like a report card basically. And one of the things is how are they adjusting to camp? And so you are welcome to call us and we can let you know how your camper is doing. And um, you know, sometimes kids have a rough couple, first couple of days, but usually by the third or fourth morning report, everybody is 
you know, acing that that area of the the report card, if you will. So it's definitely something that we have to talk about. And, you know, sometimes the if the counselor can't handle it, you know, like I said, Adam or myself will step in, but everybody usually adjusts. So um, kind of going off of that, can they call you if they are sad? Short answer and maybe blunt answer is is no. Um, that one, that would just be a logistical nightmare. Any camper that's even remotely sad getting to call home, there wouldn't, there's not enough time in the day to do so. So um, campers are encouraged to write letters. They can write a letter, th- they can write three letters a day if they want. Um, you can write letters to them. Parents also have the option of sending emails. So you can send an email, the post office gals will fold it and put it in the mail. And that's kind of like an instantaneous, like right away they'll get it that day kind of a thing. So, so yeah, so you can call camp and our staff can let you know how the camper is doing, but the parent talking to the camper kind of thing is something we don't, we don't really do. So, um, best age to start camp whenever, whenever you find camp. Um, we have campers that are as young as five and six. I started when I was five. And I was a camper for 10 years and it was the, it's a defining, defining part of my life for sure. But then we also have, we have, uh, campers that were campers for two years and then they came on, did CIT and counselor and training. And then they were counselors for like several summers. So, um, it doesn't really matter. Um, sometimes people are nervous, like, oh, he's only six. He just started first grade or something. Um, that's okay. If you think they're, if you think they can handle it, then they probably can. So um, there's not really a best age to start camp. We will, I will say that most of our campers, the age distribution kind of forms like a bell curve. So like either end of the bell curve is going to be fewer campers, but there's still going to be, you know, if you, if you have a 14 year old or you have a five year old, they're not going to be the only ones in that age group. So they will be similarly aged campers in that, um, in their cabin with them. When do we send home? <coughs> Excuse me. Very rarely really only an extreme, extreme behavior situations, something that, you know, it's, it takes, it takes kind of a lot for campers to get sent home. Um, if it's kind of a bullying situation, you know, we've, and it's basically we've exhausted every option. The counselors have tried to do stuff. The program staff have tried to intervene. I've tried to intervene. We've had conversations with the parent. It's basically, you know, there's many steps that kind of have to be taken in order for the option of being sent home um, to be a thing. So, all right, I'm talking a lot. I'm going to lose my voice, I think. All right, activities. So, um, how do campers select activities? So, this next little bit is based off of how we normally do things, um, but just know that I'm hoping it won't be, but just in case, there might be a little bit different, a little bit, it might be a little bit different because of COVID stuff. But I'm gonna tell you as if COVID is not a thing, because I like to pretend that COVID's not a thing sometimes. So um, so how do they pick their activities? So when they come to camp, they will rank all of the activities um, that they would like to do. So if your kid loves horses, we have like five different horse activities. So that like activities one through five, all the horse activities. Um, and they rank like their top 12 and we take those preferences, put them into the computer and the computer makes like an automatic schedule for each camper, an individual schedule for each camper. Um, and so they have eight period slots to the available to them. So four on one day, four on the other. Most of our activities are just an hour long. Some of our activities like ropes course stuff, hiking, canoeing, those kinds of things, those are actually going to occupy two slots. So 
Even though they have eight hours available to them, they might only have six or seven activities, depending on what they sign up for. Um, but we definitely give a lot of choice to the campers and like, it's definitely more for the campers to decide. Um, sometimes parents are like, well, I really want him to take swimming or I really want her to, you know, practice her guitar and sign up for guitar. You know, you can definitely have that conversation with them, but ultimately whatever the camper would like to do, that's what we're going to honor is, is the camper's choice and what they would like to do for their activities. Um, some activities are going to have age restrictions. Um, majority of our activities are all ages. There's no age restrictions, but stuff like riflery or tomahawk throwing, that's going to be just because of like the equipment and everything like that, that just needs to be handled by larger, older kids. Um, that's going to be like our ages 10 and up. So like 10 to 14 year olds will be able to take activities like that. But then there are some, there are some activities that for the younger kids, like pet farm and other, other sorts of activities, um, they, they will, only have like the six to nine year olds. So, um, but for the, for the most part, your average activity is going to have all ages, like Western writing, all ages. There's no real age limit on that. Some of our activities, um, depending on if like your camper has a lot of experience, some might have, um, like placements where they can like try out for like an upper level of the activity. So like an advanced Western writing or an advanced vaulting, advanced, um, tennis, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, so, but a lot, we also have a lot of beginner classes. So if your kid, if your camper is coming to camp and they've never seen a horse in real, in real life before, but they want to try horseback riding, we have beginner classes for that too. So, um, so not every activity will have placements, but some will have kind of more advanced levels. Um, don't need any special equipment. I, I think I kind of mentioned this already. Um, if you have it, you're welcome to send it, but Everything that they need, we have here at camp. So um, next is some parent questions. So sometimes, you know, so a lot of times we hear, oh, you know, my daughter's not quite ready. She'll maybe next year. But we kind of can read read between the lines in some of those situations and think, oh, I think, I think actually your daughter would be fine. I think it's you, the mom or the dad that, you know, maybe isn't quite ready for your camper to go away for a week or two weeks. So um, just know that if that kind of fits into what you're feeling right now, um, just know you're not alone. It's very, very common. It's very scary to kind of relinquish your children who you've you know, raised uh, and this is their first time that they're gonna be away from home maybe. It's very difficult. We totally uh, understand and, and realize the difficulty of that, but just know that, you know, they are in good hands. This is going to be our um, 81st summer. And so we we think we know, we, we know what we're doing. So um, they're going to be totally fine. Um, you are doing them such a good service of sending them to camp. Um, they are going to learn so much about themselves. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, just know that you're not alone. If you want to talk, that's what my I'm here for. If you want to if you have any questions, just re need reassurance. That's what I am here for is to, is to really kind of, I'm kind of your counselor, just like your counselors for your campers. I can be your counselor and kind of help you cope with that. So, um, so yeah, so kind of the calling home, like I said, not, unfortunately not an option as blunt and harsh as that may sound. It's, uh, just something that we have never done and we've never going to do and don't have any plans to do for the future. So yeah, no tech, no cell phones, no computers, 
it's all tech free. Everybody's out in the woods, enjoying nature and embracing the fresh mountain air up here. So, um, but if you want to check in on how they're doing, we do have those morning reports that you can call every single day if you want to and get a, a status update on how your camper is doing. So, um, yeah, so waitlist. Uh, it's weird to be talking about waitlist, like I said, this early in the game. Um, but that is a reality that we're facing this year. And it's a nice reality. Um, you know, maybe not for everybody, but it is a it is a nice reality. Um, waitlist. So very hard to tell if you are currently on a waitlist, the likelihood of getting in. We have had wait lists of 10 people that every single person eventually got in. And then we've had wait lists of two people and there was no movement whatsoever. So it really depends on the session and what people are doing or not doing that they make the spot available for potential waitlist people to move up. So it's very, it's bit, it's virtually impossible to tell how likely, but um, as I'm sure you saw in our email and correspondence and stuff is as soon as we have a space and you're next, we will call and let you know. And yeah, we'll just let you know if anything ever opens up. So yeah, not, maybe not the best answer, but that is, that is the reality of the waitlist. It's impossible to tell. So, and then family camp. Um, if you don't know what family camp is at the end of the summer, um, very last week of our summer season, we actually have a camp, um, where a, like a three day session where the entire family can come up. Cause we get this question all the time. Like, okay, like I'm happy for my kid, but like, when can I sign up and do these activities? Like I want to go to camp. Um, and so this family camp is the opportunity for you. So we, um, as a, you know, a little treat, I guess you could say for joining our roundup tonight, uh, you will get the first, yeah, I guess announcement that we are going to be opening family camp enrollment on, um, February 7th. So next week, um, I'm going to be sending out an email tomorrow on the first, um, announcing that we're one week away from, um, opening enrollment. But, uh, yeah, so next Monday, um, is when we're going to be opening enrollment for family camp. So very fun camp. You know, if, if you, you know, parents, guardians have ever wanted to do the zip line or canoeing or hiking or just living at camp and seeing kind of what camp is like for your campers, um, family camp can't recommend it enough. So that enrollment info is coming soon. So whew, like I said, a lot of talking, but Hopefully I answered most of your questions, but I'm sure there are still questions in the chat. So Adam is going to read them and then I will answer them. So if you think of anything else, um, be sure and pop those into the chat. How many children are in each session? Good question. So we are going back to our regular numbers. Last year we um, had like a 75% capacity. We are going to have about 200 campers on the grounds um, during each week. So you know, obviously there's kids coming and going because some are here for one week, some are here for two weeks, but we have about 200 kids um, on the grounds at any given time. Our adventure week is a little bit smaller, um, but not by much. Um, what if medication needs to be kept with the child? None, 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 no medication should be kept with the camper. Um, all of that should be given to the um, medical staff. So even stuff like melatonin, like, even though that's not really medication, that anything that's kind of orally ingested, whatever, um, in any sort of medical thing, that should all be given to the medical staff. If they have, like, an EpiPen that they, like, if they're, like, super allergic to bees, that's, like, a special situation or, like, um, 
say they're diabetic and they need to, you know, carry their insulin and stuff like that. That's like a special situation and something we can have a conversation about. But if they just take, you know, general whatever medication, all that should be um, handed over to the medical staff. Connor Friend has a four-year-old sister. What's the youngest the camper can enroll? I would say about five years old is usually, um, you know, someone that's five, almost six, you know, maybe they're going to turn six in July, August, September, that kind of time. Um, four years old is a little bit young, but it's, you know, not out of the question. But definitely, I would say five is probably the youngest that we would prefer campers to be. But technically, our advertised age is six. But like I said, I was five years old when I started, but my birthday's in August. So I was like almost six years old. So uh, Aaron Pickering asks, uh, or his daughter asks, what about drinks at mealtime? What is normally served? Normally, just a lot of water. Hydration is key. Um, water bottle is going to be really important to bring. Um, we always are stressing, drink your water, drink your water. Um, some meals might have like juice or punch or something like that or chocolate milk or regular milk. Um, it's not, I would say most of the time, it's just going to be water. Maybe at breakfast, we might have orange juice every once in a while, but um, lemonade, I, I know we do like on the cookout days when we have burgers and stuff like that. So Sometimes a Gatorade or some yeah, sort of a something sports like that. Drink. Yeah, so it just kind of depends, but it would be most of the time you would expect water to be served. Just a little healthier. <laughs> Other cabins organized by age groups. They are indeed. So our youngest cabin of girls, let's say, is going to be like four girls in the cabin and they could be five, six, maybe a five-year-old, two six-year-olds and a really young seven-year-old. So everybody kind of within that age group, um, they're going to be kind of together, similar age, similar grade, that kind of a thing. So um, as far as like cabin requests go, the way we work cabin requests is say we have, you know, one camper and then their cousin and they want to live, they want to be in the same cabin together. We would take the older cabin camper and move them down to be with the younger camper. So say, you know, the cousin is 11 and in, I think that's sixth grade maybe. And then your camper is 10 and in fifth grade, we would move the 11 year old to be down with other 10 year olds. So just keeping that kind of in mind. Sometimes people put it down like siblings, like it's like a 13 year old brother wanting to be with like a nine year old other brother probably not the best situation having like a 13 year old with other nine-year-olds if they're not that far off in age it's it's usually pretty easy if we ever have any questions we'll reach out to you and let and talk to you about it um but yeah so we do take the older camper and move them down to be with the younger camper uh how lauren coughlin asks do counselors take pics and or send pictures to parents during the session great great um great question we actually have a camp photographer she's worked for us for many summers she's awesome her name is lauren and she works so hard to get so many pictures like i didn't even know we took this many but we found out that we took like fourteen thousand pictures last year which is insane um but she does her she does so great in trying to get a ton of variety, a ton of different candidates and smiling. And um, she's usually pretty good about getting um, photos for that day posted by five o'clock. So um, all like all our gallery and stuff like that is all on our is like we'll be on our website and you'll be able to access it there. Um, but, you know, obviously we can't guarantee every single day by 5 p.m. But we do our best, obviously, being up in the mountains and stuff. Sometimes Wi-Fi isn't reliable and you know, if we get rained out, you know, there's certain factors, but her goal is always to get photos from that day posted 
by like five o'clock. Yeah, so on the first day, um, like like arrival day, we'll have placements. And so if they would like, if your camper would like to go and try out for a higher level, um, the activities that have placements will have like a schedule and they can go and kind of show the instructors for that activity. And um, the instructors will kind of prompt them like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Show me do you're doing this and kind of gauge how comfortable they are and then kind of base their more advanced, intermediate, whatever level classes off of whoever shows up to placements. I'm sorry, my mic was off for the last one, but um, uh, Rachel asks, will anyone help my child put on sunscreen? Yes. So like I said, water bottle, name tag, everybody wears a name tag and sunscreen, huge, like just a part of the day. Um, every time the the people or your camper leaves the cabin, the counselor is going to be reminding them, hey, where's your water bottle? Hey, have you put on sunscreen? Where's your name tag? Um, so they, you know, younger kids obviously maybe need a little bit more help, but the older kids, you know, they can put on their own sunscreen, but the counselors will remind them regardless of the age. Uh, will camp counselors keep medication on them, inhaler for asthma? The only time that a, the counselor would maybe have like a rescue inhaler is maybe maybe your camper signs up for hiking and they're out in like the Prescott National Forest. We share a border with Prescott National Forest. So lots of hiking trails um, just south of us. And so in that kind of situation, they would maybe take the like rescue inhaler. Um, maybe on like the camp out, we do camp out on the camp property, but it's still out kind of in the woods. Um, but otherwise everything's pretty much close enough to the infirmary that if it was needed, it's like a 30 second, you know, radio call 30 seconds later than the nurse is there with the rescue inhaler. So only really when they would be like leaving camp and would be far farther away from the infirmary would they the counselor have that medication on them uh olivia castaneda mm -hmm. uh would like to know what time do we get up and what time is bedtime great great question for sure so we wake up at seven o'clock every morning um maybe that's early maybe that's not for some people but we wake up at seven um, we will all convene kind of in the middle of camp and, you know, do roll call, Pledge of Allegiance. It's very, very campy. Um, then we'll go to breakfast. After breakfast, we will do like a cabin cleanup. So you're going to be cleaning your cabin every single day um, and kind of sharing the responsibility and the chores and stuff um, within the cabin as well. Um, we will do two activity periods in the morning. <coughs> Excuse me. And with a snack in between those two. Then a little bit of free time sometimes before lunch, like 20 minutes max. And then lunch, after lunch, we'll have like a siesta rest hour. So that's just a nice kind of reset in the middle of the day. Everybody goes back to the cabin. You can nap, you can read, you can write letters, but it's just quiet time in the cabin. Then right after siesta, we'll have another snack. Two more activity periods. And then after the fourth period, we'll have a little bit more free time, usually like half hour, 45 minutes before dinner. After dinner, we do some sort of evening activity. So whether that's like the round dance or games on the meadow or a scavenger hunt or talent show, um, that's usually kind of like an all camp activity is what we'll do in the evening. And then that usually wraps up about 8, 8.15 or so. And then everybody heads back to the cabin, gets ready for bed, and then it is lights out for the campers at 9 p.m. each night. So plenty of sleep. You will need it, I promise. Um, but plenty of sleep for all the campers and... Then it's back to the same old thing in the in the next morning. 
And what time, Aaron Pickering asks, what time is pickup and drop off? Great, great question. Yeah, so um, drop off will be early afternoon. Um, we haven't officially decided on the, the drop off times, um, but the drop off will be early afternoon, one ish, two ish on your um, arrival day. And then pick up, um, if you're a two week camper, will be uh, on the, not the next Saturday, but the Saturday after in the morning sometimes. So kind of between 8 and 10, 8.30, 10.30, that kind of time frame. Um, for our one-weeker campers, so if you're in like Pioneer A, Pioneer, or Explorer A, Trail Seeker A, so any of the A sessions, your drop-off time is the same, but then your pickup time is between 1 and 2 on that Saturday. And then if you're in any of the B sessions, so Pioneer B, Explorer B, or Trail Seeker B, your drop-off time is between one and two on the Sunday, and then your drop your pickup time is the same as the two-week kind of morning on the Saturday. So it just kind of depends if you're like a one-weeker camper. Um, but all like all of that kind of travel information is going to be included in the big paperwork mailing coming to you soon. <laughs> Jennifer Shea asks. Jennifer Shea asks, can we tour Friendly Pines camp prior to our daughter's session? You absolutely can. So um, kind of one of the last screens that we'll show is um, there's gonna be like a QR code that you can scan and you can um, uh, go and sign up for a camp tour. So we do camp tours throughout the spring. So you just sign up ahead of time and Adam or myself will uh, show you around camp. You'll get to um, see into uh, a cabin, you know, see the ropes course, see the dining lodge, just kind of see the layout. Welcome to do that. And then we also have our annual open house event on Saturday, May 21st. And so that's more of like a, more of an event um, where we'll have lunch and prizes and stuff like that, but we'll also have tours as well. So you can make, you can come to both or either, either of those options as well. Uh, how often are the kids asked to shower? Is it up to them? We, um, we do have like a shower log. So we kind of keep track of how frequently the campers are showering. We say kind of every other day, um, some kids need a little bit more coaxing uh, to follow that guideline. And some kids want to shower every single day. So there's opportunities to shower in the morning, um, shower during free time, shower at night before bed. Um, it kind of depends on what the cabin works out together. So that's one of those, one of those kind of cabin management skills that, you know, working with others skills that the kids are going to learn is, hey, maybe you wanted to take a shower at night, but not tonight. You gotta, you gotta learn to adapt and that kind of thing. So you can take it tomorrow morning and we'll, everybody will get to shower and will be expected to shower also. <laughs> Aaron Leahy asks if, what, sorry, excuse me. What if activities get rained out? Do they get rained out? Yeah. So for the most part, a lot of our activities we can kind of continue to do if they're like kind of more indoors or can be done indoors. Um, some activities like obviously like swimming, ropes course, horseback riding, you know, if there's lightning, thunder, then we're going to call those and um, we'll try to reschedule. We'll do our best, um, but we can't obviously guarantee that. But it might be something like if you wanted to sign up for a siesta ride or do, you know, um, come down in your third period um, when you were supposed to be at this other activity, we might be able to work out something if you just did not get a chance to ride the zipline. So 
Um, some, some years we have a lot of rain and some years it's pretty manageable. So, um, we're usually able to make it work and kids get to do most of their activities. But I know like last year we had a ton of rain and there were some of like the one week campers, unfortunately like missed out on a lot of stuff. And it was, it was something that we wanted to reschedule, but every time we wanted, we were trying to reschedule huge rainstorms. So, um, we do our best to make it up, but sometimes that's just kind of a reality of coming to camp during monsoon season. And with the going back to the original sort of scheduling, they, mm -hmm. they shouldn't really be missing out on act activities that they have chosen anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a little bit different than last year where, you know, they went to the activity together as a cabin and maybe that was like their one chance for doing soccer or something like that um, because of the way the schedule was they're going to be going back to the same activities every other day. So they might miss one day of, you know, ropes course, horseback riding, but in theory, they shouldn't miss really much any, any other days or any other periods of it. Uh, Rachel asks, do counselors always have a radio on them? Some counselors do, depending on um, what activity they have. Um, ropes course, horseback riding, hiking, canoeing, kind of out of camp, uh, out of main camp area, counselors and activities those counselors will have radios otherwise everything's like right in the middle of camp um like you can kind of stand in the middle of camp and just look around and see where all the activities are going on so if they have any like emergencies or anything like that they can find you know adam or me or like a maintenance guy or anybody that does have a radio so some act some counselors do but not all or i wouldn't say even maybe most but most are within the main camp area so radios kind of aren't relevant at that point yeah honestly if someone started yelling from wherever <laughs> they were we could probably hear them that would probably be just as if not more effective than using the radio so isabel diaz asks how many showers are there per cabin one shower so all of our cabins have a toilet shower and sink inside the cabin so there's not like external bathhouses that people have to use everybody has sink, shower, toilet. Um, so there's one in each cabin. We do have some external bathhouses. So if like a bunch of people wanted to shower in the morning or something like that, they could go and use the um, auxiliary bathhouse. But um, there's one of those in every single cabin. Okay, we're getting pretty close to eight o'clock. So I'm going to cut it off at Laura once we get there. So we got five questions left. Um, Someone asks, will there be a bus option from Phoenix? So as of right now, we are not planning on having a bus. Um, so that would mean everybody would need to uh, drop their campers off at camp. Obviously, we do have some campers coming from out of state and have like airport pickup situations. Um, but more of that kind of travel stuff will be coming later. But as of right now, we are not planning on having a bus this year. Hunter Jones asks, will counselors wake campers up in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a bunch of bells that we use to kind of keep track of the time. But some of the, especially kind of like the older girls, they're pretty far away from like the big wake up bell. So counselors will have like an alarm clock and they'll make sure everybody's on schedule and waking up and, you know, moving them along and everything like that. So I know I was always like that. Like I had to be like, Megan, come on, like put your shoes on. Let's get going. We're going to be late for flag raising, that kind of a thing. So, um, and I remember doing it when I was a counselor too, to campers um, and everything. So that's that's a big that's one of the roles that the counselors play is, you know, just moving moving things along and keeping everybody on schedule. Hadley Castaneda asks, what about laundry? 
Laundry, good question. So our two-week campers will have the option to send out their laundry halfway through. So you'll wanna pack for at least a week for them if you choose to opt into the laundry. Um, our one-week campers, we don't do the laundry service anymore. Um, it's just too short and it's pretty easy to just pack for a week. So um, yeah, so two-week campers, um, if you would like to, you're welcome to pack for two weeks if you want, but I would say a majority of people usually just opt into the laundry service. So. Um, you know, we have a, we've started the process with our um, laundry uh, contract, like our laundromat contract, because we actually take everything into town, into Prescott, and like a laundromat, a local laundromat does it for us. Um, but in the past, you know, we usually would cover like the first eight to ten dollars of the laundry, and then anything kind of beyond that would be um, added to the store account, and they do it like a per pound basis. And really the average camper wouldn't go above that kind of $10 range. Um, if they had like a lot of stuff or if they were putting like blankets and towels and stuff, then they would maybe go over kind of the $10 range. But for the most part, the, um, kind of initial cover that we do that Friendly Pines does for laundry, usually people don't exceed that. So, um, but I don't have the exact amounts for this coming year because we obviously haven't we're still, we're just in the early stages of working out that, this summer's contract. And this is gonna be our last question for the night uh, from Laura Budovich. Okay. Are there night lights in the cabins? Um, we do have night lights available if the cabin wants them. Um, we don't necessarily have them in every single cabin because sometimes they want them and sometimes they don't. Um, so, but we have them available if your camper needs them. And so that's, that's like a perfect example. You know, if they want a nightlight, you could put that on the health history and we give all of the, um, camper health histories to their, to the counselor that you're, is going to be in charge of your camper. Um, and so they can kind of look and see like, oh, you know, this person is a sleepwalker. So I have to keep that in mind or they like nightlights or they're afraid of the dark, you know, that kind of thing, all that kind of background information that would help the counselor you know, counsel your camper, uh, that kind of thing would be um, included on the health history. But yes, we do have nightlights available if they need it. Or you can send one if you want. That's That works. Well, that is everything. Um, I really hope everybody got a lot out of tonight's um, info session. Hopefully learned a lot. Hopefully had all of your questions answered. Um, but we fully understand that there will be more questions that people have. So um, Adam and I are here Monday through Friday. We're here to answer any questions that you have about camp. Uh, we love camp. We love talking about camp. So don't feel, don't, there's no stupid question. There's no silly question. Um, there's, it's very rare that we are asked a question that we haven't already been asked. So if you have any burning questions that you would like to ask us, we are here and you can email us. You can send us a message on Facebook, like Messenger, like through our Facebook page. Call us, um, call our office line and we do have a really comprehensive FAQ section on our website too that I would definitely recommend taking a look at if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, so that is our first roundup of the year, kind of wrapped up. Uh, really, really appreciate you all spending um, your Monday evening. And on the next slide, we have our upcoming events. So we're gonna be doing a roundup um, every month, basically, until April. So. The next roundup, the February roundup, is actually gonna be in person. So that one's gonna be um, for anybody in kind of the East Valley. So it's Chandler, Mesa, Gilbert, the, their, that area. Not necessarily, you don't have to live there. You can still come even if you live in Peoria, if you want. Um, but that one's gonna be a Chandler. Um, 
and in person. So same kind of structure, um, but in person. And then our March uh, roundup is gonna be virtual like this again. So really is gonna look almost identical to what we did tonight. Of course, still welcome if you wanna try and win some more prizes. Um, and then our April one um, at the end of April is gonna be another in-person. So virtual, in-person, virtual, in-person, um, every other alternating. And the April one will be in Scottsdale um, at the Fairmont Scottsdale Princess Hotel. And uh, yeah, very similar kind of structure. Um, because it's a little bit more involved and you actually have to physically be there, there's gonna be a few more prizes, um, including some money and tuition um, kind of credit or gift card, if you will. So um, definitely wanna check those out if you're available on any of those dates. So, um, and then as I mentioned before, our open house is gonna be Saturday, May 21st and camp tours throughout the rest of the spring. So those are our upcoming events and like I said, if you have any other questions, let us know. And we're really, really, really excited to be back for our 81st summer. And we're so excited for everybody that will be joining us this year. So thank you, everybody. Um, again, my name is Megan. I'm the director. And we have Adam, program director here also. And we're really, really looking forward to welcoming everybody this coming summer. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this special bonus episode of Day Is Done, the Friendly Pines Camp podcast. If you want to get in touch, or if you have any questions we didn't answer during this episode, you can write to us at info at friendlypines.com, or you can find us on social media by searching Friendly Pines Camp. It would also really help us out if you rate and review this podcast. Here at Friendly Pines Camp, we're turning childhood moments into life's rich memories. Mm -hmm.